Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mary James, and I'm excited to introduce you to a medical hypnotist, Laura McCullough. Hi, Mara. How are you? Thanks so much for being here today. Terrific. So excited to see you and talk to you. So, so many people, including myself, would ask, what is a medical hypnotist? So if you could share with our friends what that actually is. Well, it just means that I deal with a lot of medical problems. So that can be anything from chronic pain, uh, um, autoimmune disorders like fibromyalgia, um, chronic fatigue, um, anything like that, even, uh, even sleep problems. Wow, that's amazing. And before we get into that even further, we'd love to hear about your background. Um, were you always into doing being a hypnotist or did you start off doing something else? I was not. I started off, uh, I was a marketing manager for big civil engineering firms doing proposals and, and things like that. And that was sort of fulfilling that uh, adult requirement of, you know, going to college, getting a job in corporate America. And at some point um, I started having real bad problems with anxiety and I just really needed to, to do something else because I was in a, a super high pressure uh, bomb. <laughs> And um, and I had always been interested in hypnosis. I would study hypnosis personally, just you know, read books for my information. And so when I was looking for a career change, I started thinking that maybe I could go into hypnosis. I had a friend that was a hypnotist and did pretty well, and I wanted something that um, where I had more control over you know my time and everything I did. Um, so. I started learning it and it was just a slam dunk. I just loved it so much. And in California, you, you can get a certificate. It's not required, but I got my certificate and then right away went into medical and dental hypnosis. And just the demonstrations I saw in that first class of how much pain could be removed and how easily um, I could help people, I was just hooked. Wow. And you also added in dental. Interesting. So is that pain in the mouth or is it removing pain during a, a surgery or a procedure? Well, it, it can always be removing pain, but a lot of people are absolutely terrified to go to the dentist. And so that was just the name of the class. Um, I haven't had a lot of success with getting into dental offices, um, but in theory, it's helping people with the fear. Okay, of actually going there. Beautiful. And so they could, you know, people that are terrified to go to the dentist could come in my office and have a session or uh, that would, you know, fix them ongoing. Or uh, I was offering to the dentist that I could show up with the patient and put the patient under in their office before they had their appointment. Wow, wow, wow. I um, mean, there are lots and lots of applications for dentistry. 
For sure, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so the, for the medical um, hypnotist part of it, do you work with people that are on and not on medication? I do work with people that are on medication. I, um, you know, to, to give you the disclaimer, I don't diagnose or treat or anything like that. I think of hypnosis as an adjunct um, modality, as an adjunct service. Um, and when I see people, I want to make sure that they have seen a doctor, that they've been diagnosed, that they've been, you know, thoroughly and completely treated and, you know, there's no more treatment available. Um, I don't want to step in the way of that at all. Right. Got you. Process. And when, now is someone's belief system affect the success of the session with you? Like if they're fearful of being hypnotized, does that affect the success? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, people don't need to believe in hypnosis. They don't need to believe in an altered state. Um, to be hypnotized. Uh, I have people all the time say, oh, I don't think you can hypnotize me. And um, hypnosis is such a natural, normal process. I go, oh, really? Have you ever been watching a movie and you're just so sucked in, you don't hear anything else? Well, yeah, last night. <laughs> okay, then you were in a trance. <laughs> and everybody goes into trance, you know, numerous times a day. So, um, so actually getting people into hypnosis is not um, is not normally a problem, especially for someone that's, you know, naturally trancing themselves out. Uh, I think where it does come into play is that what we tend to believe is going to happen in the body happens. And you see that with the placebo effect that, you know, when we believe you see that a lot in pain too, when, you know, when you cut yourself with a knife, you know how you don't feel it for the first few seconds and you look at it and go, man, that's really going to hurt when I start feeling it. And then it starts stinging and you go, yep. <laughs> well, you just set yourself up. You just, you just said, man, in three seconds, this is really going to hurt. And then three seconds, ow, I was right. You know, oh, yay me, I was right. <laughs> you know, so I guess that's, that's where belief does come into play. Right. But if the person was cut and they didn't notice it for five minutes, do you think that they'd start feeling it with the, in the first five minutes without even the knowledge that they were cut? No, I think it all depends. But, you know, you'll, you'll notice blood running eventually. Sure. And then, yeah. Wow. Um, I know some people have fear of being hypnotized because what's going to happen to them or what you're going to do, what you might make them do or brainwash them. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, I, I think that, um, well, I tell people at, at the outset, I have a pre-talk with them and try to understand if they have any concerns. Um, you know, most people are familiar with stage hypnosis. And so I tell them that, uh, that this is not stage hypnosis, that this is therapeutic. And the only time that I'm going to make them cluck like a chicken is if there's a therapeutic benefit. <laughs> And has there ever been a therapeutic benefit of that? <laughs> no, I can't ever say I've made anyone cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog. <laughs> that you know, is so funny. I've had a lot of fun experiences, but I haven't done that particular thing. Oh, and I'm excited for you to share them with us shortly. Um, when you, does the client always remember what happens during hypnosis and or do they need to remember? 
What I tell people is they'll remember about as much as they would during a regular conversation. Um, uh, the subconscious actually decides whether or not you're going to remember. Most people remember most of it. Um, when I get people, you know, I, um, I do this very deep trance hypnosis. And so most people, when I get them into the deeper states, most of them don't remember. I have had a handful lately that have um, an extraordinary awareness of the various pieces and parts. You know, the some people call them subpersonalities or ego states or... Oh, are, are very aware of those. And those tend to be people that um, have memory of what happened during the session, but I record everything and provide it to them. So. Right. Do you ever help people discover, um, discover some past traumas that they couldn't consciously recall? I, I can, and I do. Um, most people that come to me can remember their trauma um, what you're talking about is a standard regression. And so, um, for example, I had a, um, a client that just had this absolute paralyzing phobia that someone was going to throw up on her. Okay. And she had had it as long as she could remember. And so in regression, I said, okay, go back to the first time you felt this fear, or the first time you noticed anything like that. And so she went back and she was able to recall things that she had no um, conscious awareness of. So that, that's not uncommon. And then once you had that, were you able to help her release it? I was. Um, she was a bit of a tough cookie and it took a while. It took a while to get through probably four sessions and she was um, at college in another region. So um, so I could, you know, see her when she was in town for the holidays. So it took a little while, but she is afraid of it now. Right. And now in our virtual world, are you meeting with people, um, in addition to in person, are you meeting with them via Zoom or FaceTime? I do. I don't do a ton of Zoom. It isn't, um, a lot of hypnotists, it's their entire practice. I like seeing people in person and having people in my office. I have a couple of clients right now that are in Washington, it's, you know, it, it doesn't seem unusual at all. Right. And, and they were very concerned, you know, like, oh, well, this sounds crazy. We could do a session over FaceTime or Zoom. And, and I go, well, you know, if whether you're sitting, if you've got your eyes closed, whether you're sitting in my office or on the phone, you're not really going to know the difference. Right. And what's so beautiful about that is now people have access to you all over. They don't have to be within driving proximity. Sure. So when we spoke the other day, you were talking to me about the difference of, um, was it self-consciousness and higher self? Am I recalling that properly? Uh, yes. Um, it's the subconscious and the higher self. Okay. Sorry. Subconscious. Yeah. So can you share um, with us a little bit about the difference um, of the two? Well, sure. Would you like me to kind of, uh, do you want me to kind of go through the that process of, of how I get to those? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so I'll sort of like, I'll sort of outline the way one of my deep trance sessions goes. Um, I, I do uh, sort of a long, slow inductioning and deepening process that's, um, that's very therapeutic and very gentle and have people just feeling absolutely wonderful. Um, and then I will go through a Typically, I'll go through a parts 
session, which is, um, you know, there's always opposing parts. So, for example, if someone's a smoker, there's part of them that really loves the habit of smoking and there's part of them that really hates it and really wants them to quit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll go through that. And that is not only is it therapeutic, it also, it, it also uh, aids in dissociating people because I, I want them to be able, you know, the different pieces and parts in our mind, I want them to be able to sort of split one part off from another. Um, and so from there, then I'll go in and ask to speak to the subconscious. And the subconscious is responsible for maintenance of the entire body systems. So it runs about 4 million tasks at a time wow. from, you know, how fast your eyelashes grow to um, breathing and respiration, digestion, all of that. So, um, and so then I'll have a certain line of questioning. Um, and that's the point where um, the conscious mind kind of breaks off and I'm talking to the subconscious and, um, and so it will, I'll normally ask questions that are related to the body. So if a person has come to me and said, um, you know, my, my knee is killing me, the doctor's done everything they can do. Um, I will ask the subconscious. Well, one of the things I ask is to do a body scan and tell me whether there's any illness, injury or blockage that needs attention. And so a lot of times the subconscious will bring it up and I'll say, Right, glad you mentioned that. Um, tell me about that pain in the knee. Does it have a, an emotional root or attachment or, um, or what's going on with that? Um, so it's an open-ended question and I'll say, well, can you tell me if that pain is serving a purpose? And most of the time it'll say, no, not anymore. And I'll say, oh, good. Are you able to resolve it then if it's not, you know, if, if the message has already been received? Can we just do away with it then? And it'll normally say yes, or it might say, well, there's still a purpose to it because I don't want him or her to overuse it. Then I'll say, I'll kind of negotiate and say, well, what if we cut it back by 50%? And then I'll say, okay, I can do that. That's normally very helpful. Um, and then, and so that is the subconscious that's, you know, part of the mind. Um, and so from there, and I'll ask it other questions, like, do you have any words of wisdom for my client? Um, and then we'll move on to the higher self. And the higher self is more of a spiritual aspect. And so I'll ask the subconscious to roll John's eyes up in his head as high as they'll go. And when the, when the higher self is here, say, I am here. And the eyes will go up and we'll say, I'm here. And that's the higher self. And, um, and so the higher self, I ask questions like, um, well, I'll normally ask if there are, it gets a little more woo-woo up there. Um, I'll ask things like, uh, does John have, is it John I was talking to? <laughs> does, does John have uh, guardian angels or spirits on the other side that watch out for him and take care of him. And a lot of times it'll bring up, you know, oh, his grandmother, his grandfather or someone like that. And I'll say, well, do, do they have a message for him? Um, just because I think it's nice and comforting. Um, but I tend to ask questions from the higher self about like, what is this person's purpose in life? And what lessons are they supposed to learn? 
and uh, I double check my work with the subconscious and with the parts and say, you, um, you were listening to our session today. Was there anything we missed? And then you heard my discussion with the parts or with the subconscious about um, healing this aspect. And, you know, were, were we on track with that? Um, and I also tend to ask questions about more um, internal, emotional kinds of things like self-love and self-acceptance and um, things like that, things that are more of a, sort of a mental, have more of a mental aspect. Wow. And when the person, when you're talking to the subconscious and the higher self, does the person usually remember that after the um, session's over? That's the part that they don't remember typically. Um, and the, the thing is right where we, we make that sort of break apart where I'm talking to the subconscious, I'll ask the person to go ahead and take a nap or go to sleep and the subconscious is going to take over. And then one of the first things I say to the subconscious is, um, can you tell me if John is sleeping? And if it says, oh, no, he's still here, I'll go, oh, can you help him go to sleep? Can you give him maybe a beautiful dream that he's a butterfly in this fantastic garden and he can just skip from flower to flower or, you know, some idea like that. And I'm saying, and let me know when he goes to sleep. So occasionally he'll say, uh, the subconscious will say, yeah, I don't think he's going to go to sleep. And I'll say, okay, well, it's okay if he observes as long as he doesn't interfere. But I still, and so sometimes those people that refuse to go to sleep, uh, sometimes, uh, they will remember everything. Sometimes they don't, but well, you know, you were, you were a big observer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I was. <laughs> and I wonder, I'm like, maybe some people like me, you know, control freak is not as easy to let go. It's not. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because I really think that everything works much better when, but, you know, sometimes if they're just not going to go to sleep, they're just not going to go to sleep. And sometimes they'll tell me the person is asleep and then they remember everything. And I go, OK, they were asleep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Right. And uh, yeah, whenever we get out of our own way, things are always better. Yeah. So I am so excited. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And I know you have some wonderful stories that you want to share with us about different clients, obviously not breaking HIPAA, not going, sharing any names. We could just use John and Mary, but um, yeah. So everybody stay tuned and we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. 
Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mary James, and today we have medical hypnotist, Laura McCullough. Hi, nice to be back. Hey, Laura. So I'm so excited to hear so many of your uh, fun stories that you could share with our friends watching and listening. Um, one of my favorite, of course, because my husband's an OBGYN and has so many patients that are having difficulties going, getting pregnant and going through IVF. Um, can you share, with, start with that story? Sure. I had a client call me and she and her husband had done two rounds of IVF and they were considering doing a third round. And um, it had just, you know, strapped them financially. And so she just wanted to kind of see what, you know, she was familiar with what I do, that I can talk to different pieces and parts. And um, so I, I got her into this very deep trance and her subconscious and her higher self said, absolutely do the third round and she will become pregnant. Because the higher self can, most of the time it can see the future and it doesn't really want to divulge a lot of things because it doesn't want to interrupt, you know, our normal process of making decisions, you know, based on already knowing what happens. And so it already knew what happened. And so it wanted her to say, all systems are go, do the third round, you'll get pregnant, you'll have one child and that'll be it for you. And did you told her that? She'll have one and that will be, and it's interesting because what about like the power of suggestion, like that, yes, you're going to get pregnant, that she therefore believed it. So it happened as well. Well, I, I, you know, I suppose any of that that happens is, you know, that much better. Sure. Wow. How amazing. And that was just one session. That was just one session. And it just, you know, to be able to deliver that information was fantastic. I mean, I always review what happened during a session because I'm giving them a recording anyway. Right. And thank God, yeah, it'd be sad if they said, no, don't do it again. But whatever, you know, we're not in control of destiny. So whatever's supposed to be. I've had that case too. Oh, I've happened. had someone come to me that really, really wanted to conceive and um, her subconscious looked at all the body systems and said, you know, it's possible there's this little thing that might be blocking it. And it, but it just wouldn't commit that she was going to get pregnant and have a baby. So it can go either way. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, what other good stories could you share with us? Well, uh, I was telling you, you know, I uh, was listening to a regressionist that was talking about um I try not to get overly woo-woo. You know, I have both feet firmly planted on the ground, but I think that being in this role has sort of expanded my horizons and my belief systems. And um, I was listening to a regressionist talk about a place on the other side uh, called the Temple of Healing. 
and that one of the, that it is for incarnated souls also, and um, and you can get there through hypnosis. And I thought I'm going to give that a shot. Then I may as well, um, because I'm talking when I'm talking to the higher self. I'm you know you call them in from the ether. They're out in the you know in the world of spirit or you know however you want to put that. I'm very non-denominational religiously, so I don't you know put any kind of religious spin on anything. Um, and so I had a guy come in who had lots and lots of issues, lots of abuse in his background, um, sort of an effusive personality, a lot of questioning. And um, I took him to the temple of healing and he had lots of physical problems also. Um, and I asked, I, the protocol from what I heard is you ask the guardian if the person can be healed. And so I asked his higher self, can you ask the guardian if he can be healed? And the guardian said, yes, he can be healed. And, um, and so after a couple of minutes, I said, can you tell me what he's healing? And uh, the higher self said, he, he says he's healing his relationship with himself. And I was like, wow, wow. Now I know that those words did not come from me and they did not come from my client because it's not something either one of us would have said. And so- um, was, he now, was he surprised after the session to hear that? He was very surprised. He had a fantastic time. I mean, he just, he, I don't know, a fantastic time is probably not a good description of it. Um, it, it just, it was so enlightening for him. And he had so many things that he was struggling with that he felt like, at least I finally have some answers now. Wow. And, and he felt better just after one session or did he continue to have more? He absolutely felt better. He said, um, I'd like to really, I, I, he said, it would be my honor to leave you a review now. And, and I was like, wow, nobody's ever said it'd be an honor. <laughs> oh, right. And you're like, it'd be honored to receive one. Oh, wow. That is so. And when you told him, um, was he okay with everything you told him, the woo-woo part of it and that going to the temple of healing? Oh, yes, absolutely. He was one of those people that kind of remembered a lot of it. Oh, and God, wow. People will kind of remember it like a dream. You know how, um, like, right after you have a dream, you can kind of remember it. And unless you really stay in that memory, it kind of fades. So he was one that did have a lot of recollection about what happened. So you said something really interesting, and I'm hoping that my dogs don't bark from the gardener outside, um, but I'll mute myself if they do. So you said something about the higher self, and I don't know the word you use, but it sounded like it wasn't here, part of us, it's kind of out there in the ether. So it is the subconscious in our body and the higher self isn't? How does that work? Yes, exactly. And, you know, this is, I've been doing this type of hypnosis for about two years. And so I'm always kind of challenging myself and learning because the, the way the subconscious and the higher self are, you don't just say, hey, tell me what I need to know. And they'll go, well, da, 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 da. You have to ask the right questions. And so I, I, like to challenge myself to get more information about what I'm working with. And so, um, I don't know, at one point, maybe 
three or four clients ago, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know. Uh, I, I said, so let me get this straight. The subconscious is in the body. And when I ask for the higher self, um, that is not in the body. And um, whichever one I was talking to said, yes, the higher self is out in the ether. And when you put in a request to speak to the higher self, the subconscious puts that request into the ether and the higher self comes in. And wow. And you just made me think of something, you know, there's a saying that we only use 3% of our brain. So would you, can the higher, the subconscious I know is, but is the higher self considered part of that 97% of the brain? Well, I think, um, boy, I have so many answers to that. Uh, <laughs> okay. The subconscious is a million times more powerful than the conscious mind. And this is the part we had as cavemen and the higher learning is the, is our language center that houses our personality. And so the subconscious controls a lot of things and the mind body connection. And then remind me what else I was going to tell you. Sorry, just that the subconscious and the higher self are considered 90, the 97% of the um, brain part that we don't consciously use. Well, keep in mind, there's a difference between the mind and the brain. And so the brain is this, you know, physical ball that's within our skull. The mind, nobody knows exactly where it is. Like we kind of think of it as part of the brain, we kind of think of it as being you know, up there somewhere. Um, some people think that the mind, that the body is the mind. Oh, interesting. It's so considered a question that no one has ever had an answer to. There's lots of theories. And so as to whether or not, you know, the portion of our brain that we don't use is, uh, I don't know, I'd have to know where the mind is to be able to answer that. And I've heard people say there's either Three, I think three brains, like the mind, the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. You can look at it that way too. Yeah. So, um, wow, how interesting. Awesome. Can you share with us some more stories? Okay, let's see. Um, well, I had, um, let's see. I, okay, here's an interesting thing. I have a, a woman that I've been seeing, that I've seen quite a few times um, and done this process with, probably... I don't know, six to nine times. And um, my understanding when I was learning this process is that the subconscious back here doesn't have your personality because your personality is all housed here. And so one of the things I used to say is it's interesting talking to the subconscious because it doesn't have your personality, which is true, but it has a personality. It just... It, it, it does have a personality, just not the same as, as the client. And so um, with this woman, I've done this process with her so many times that I actually have a, a relationship with her subconscious and a relationship with her higher self that are completely different. And her, in her case, um, her subconscious has a lot of masculine energy. Uh-huh. will tell me things like, um, will say things like, you need to tell me to do this. I'm naturally polite and I figure nobody has to do anything for me. And so I'd say, I'd really appreciate it if you could. And she doesn't like any of that. <laughs> she wants, I want you to make the pain go away here. 
you need to work on this or that. She wants me to be very direct. And she tells me to be very direct. Um, and that's which part? Is that her subconscious or her higher self? That's her subconscious. And then her higher self is a lot more sort of uh, girly and easygoing. And at, at one point, um, I, I had talked to her subconscious and, and they will even sort of bicker back and forth and take turn. Like, I've never had that happen. I always control it and say, I want to talk to the subconscious. I want to talk to the higher self. But with her, I can tell when she's changing and it's like, she'll just, her body will change and the voice will change. And I'll go, okay, is this the higher self now? Yes. Or couldn't you tell? Or I go, oh, wait, am I talking to... Yes, couldn't you tell? And um, her higher self, the last time I saw her, I called her higher self in and I said, how are you doing? And she goes, healing. <laughs> That's, and, wow. And just, it sounds like she kind of has like a multi-personality disorder. You know, it, she doesn't, but it sounds like that, right? Yeah, but I, I don't want people to confuse that because I don't want them thinking they've got, you know, everybody all of us. It's what makes us work the way we do. We all have subpersonalities. We all have, or ego states, it's all the same, but, but those are one thing, but then we all also have a subconscious and a higher self. And um, with this particular woman, I can tell you uh, an interesting sub story about her. I was talking to her subconscious and um, we were talking about digestion and sens food sensitivities. And I heard a voice say, I live deep in her gut. And pardon that this is, I know it sounds like a story or something, but yeah, I recorded it and listened to it a whole bunch of times. And did it sound like a different voice? It was a different voice. And it said, I live deep in her gut and I don't want her to get better. Wow. And it was an attachment. Yeah. That yeah. she has since released. She has. And so what did you say to that, you know, did you, was, was it able to be released in that session? I was not. Um, she was just getting over some illness and she has had a ton of illness and she was just too weak. It just wasn't the day to try it. But um, yeah, I, since I, I, I have contacted another hypnotist that does a lot of this and I have a, a protocol for it, which I actually just used today, but um I wanted to tell you about the, the story about the uh, old Chinese man. Okay. So I had this woman come in and she's uh, about 30 years old. So sort of a young Hispanic woman, very, very soft-spoken. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And she, she had this like phobia that her boyfriend was going to leave her. And he was uh, a Korean guy. And um, which normally wouldn't be part of the story, but <laughs> so I hypnotized her and her, uh, I was doing the parts work with her. And one of the parts was a child. And it said that it was a, um, it was the spirit of a child that she had miscarried. And his name was Jacob. And he told me that, um, that he left on purpose because it wasn't the right, something wasn't right and he knew it and he didn't wanna, um, it just wasn't right. And, but he loved her very much and he wanted to know, he wanted her to know that he knew that this really hurt her and that he would be coming back to her, that she would 
that that she'll get pregnant again soon. <clears throat> and when she gives birth, it'll be a boy and it'll be him. And then uh, so she's all, you know, dark hair, dark eyed, and her boyfriend is dark hair and dark eyed. And and I said, OK, well, unless you have anything else. I'll, and just at the last second, he goes, oh, oh, um, tell her that I'll have blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> and so I thought, well, this is just, you know, this is beyond cool. This is terrific. And so then I contacted her subconscious and um, the first thing it said was, uh, uh, thank you for the respect. And I thought, well, that's a strange thing for the subconscious to say. And so I got to talking to him and he did have this sort of odd cadence to his voice. And, um, and he said, I am the spirit of uh, an old Chinese man from the 1500s. And she was my youngest daughter in that life. And um, I used to sit on the porch and smoke my pipe and she would sit out there with me and talk to me. And I loved her very much. And I never got to see her have children. And he told me that she had died of, I think, diphtheria or smallpox, something something that was from another age. And I asked him what his name was. And he, of course, gave me his Chinese name. And um, he said that he, uh, that, that he wanted to be with her in this life to see her have children. Now I have no idea and no theory as to how this, you know, how this happened. To my knowledge, every single person has a subconscious and a higher self. And, you know, nobody is like, no spirits from the other side are diving in and taking over someone's subconscious. So, um, but it just, it was so interesting. And uh, he went on to say that he should have her. Her parents, especially her mother, was very abusive to her. And he was saying that he should not have made that contract with her mother to let her go. And he was saying that he really liked her boyfriend because he was Asian, that she could have done better if she found a Chinese man, but that he was, <laughs> that he, that, you know. And so it sounds like it was like an entity that was energetically with her. Not, it, right versus part of her well I asked him I said and you say you are her subconscious and he said yes and so I, I don't really know I you know I it, it would I would just be theorizing because I didn't ask all of those questions I just right. I wanted to make sure okay you are her so okay and um yeah so he said that uh that <laughs> He really didn't like the Hispanic culture at all. And he really wanted her to get in touch with her Asian roots. And he wanted her that. To, and he would like it would sound like he was pounding on the table. Like at one point I was making notes and and at one point he went, do you hear me? <laughs> I'm just I'm taking notes. OK, I have a little patience. And uh, he wanted her to go to the temple that afternoon. He brought it up or you brought it up? He brought it up. He wanted her to go to the temple that afternoon. Oh, not the not the temple of healing, no, no, a, a real the, temple. He wanted yes. He wanted her to go to the Buddhist temple locally. And did she? I don't know if she did. Uh, I don't think she did that day. But she also uh, her higher self said that it could, um, uh, or her subconscious said that she could see the future and. She was not working at the time, and this was on a Thursday, and she said, um, 
said, oh, she'll be working this weekend. And I was like, wait, she doesn't have a job now. And this is Thursday. You mean next week? No, I mean this weekend. Okay. And sure enough, she got a call and she's in nursing school and they called her from a, um, a senior care facility and asked her where the weekend and she was working that weekend. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> if this really happens, I'll be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Laura, if people, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, my website is lauramacola.com. Okay. Uh, so L-A-U-R-A-M-E-K-O-L-A.com. Yes. Okay. Uh, they can get a hold of me that. I'm on Yelp. I'm on Google. Um, it, I, I think it's pretty easy to find me. Beautiful. Awesome. I can shout out my phone number if you'd like. Sure. 714-272-2596. Beautiful. And we'll put that also um, with the description. It has been such a pleasure having you with us today. I want you to know and everybody watching and listening that you are amazing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.